Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, and myself. So technically, that's still several members. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a Bitcoin ETF is already a certainty in the United States, with BlackRock now launching an Ethereum spot product that could be approved by the end of the year. We've also got some massive announcements out of Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse stating that global expansion is happening with or without the United States SEC. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we're going to get this thing started with some Brad Garlinghouse video out of Dubai. He went at Gary Gensler. Now he's talking more positively about other jurisdictions, Asia, UAE. So that's really exciting. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. It's Friday. Busy week. I'm glad it's coming to an end. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love it. Appreciate you guys showing up every single day. We have the best chat room out there. So can't wait to hop into it and uh, get this ball started. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button if you're looking for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, it is green bubbles across the board. Solana's up 13%. Wrapped Ethereum, 12%. Gala token is up 6%. And we've got Atom token up about 8%. And Ethereum, we're going to talk a lot of Ethereum during today's episode because yesterday we broke 2,000 all the way to 2,100. We have a BlackRock ETF filing, so that needs to be discussed as well, up 5% on the day. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.4 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 37000 Ethereum, $2,087. We've got XRP sitting at $0.65 cents and Cardano trading at $0.37. Cents. And Johnny, we're going to talk a lot of information, but this pretty much summarizes a lot of what we're going to break down today. Not only does it have a clear use case, XRP is faster, cheaper, and more scalable than any other digital asset. I strongly believe it will become the global standard in digital currencies. That's from the CEO of SBI Holdings, guys. And we got a lot of positive updates yesterday out of Dubai. That's what we're going to start breaking down here. And we already got 206 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Brad Garlinghouse. He's talking more boldly and more optimistically by the day. And yesterday was a great example of that. As here he's describing what could happen if an ETF is approved. And eventually, me and Johnny, we're going to discuss when an XRP ETF is going to enter the market. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to dodge that question as best I can. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I really, I don't know how to think about these things in the short-term prediction. I, you know, if you look at previous patterns, people have talked about October uh certainly you know november has generally been a good month but you know going into bitcoin having people talk about certainly an etf getting approved could create a lot of capital flowing into the market uh i i don't know how to balance those things against other macro factors i go back to kind of first principles around big picture what do we need this industry to thrive we need regulatory clarity 
We need lots of utility. We need to be solving problems at scale, not experiments, not possibilities, but like I look at the excitement, have you heard some of that on this stage in the past two days around tokenization? I look at, uh, I just think if you zoom out and look at what in the next five or 10 years look like for this industry, I'm extremely optimistic. And I think uh, people will be surprised. You know, there's a, there's a Silicon Valley expression that people often overestimate what's gonna happen in five years, but underestimate what happens in 10. There are, you know, kind of macro exponential forces that I think really uh, will continue to catapult this industry. Well, Johnny Crypto, when we had Mark Yusko on the show just two days ago, what did he say? When a Bitcoin ETF gets approved, $300 billion of buying power coming into Bitcoin alone. That's what uh, Brad Garlinghouse was elaborating on there. He was talking about use cases for the crypto market. How about just institutions buying and holding the assets going forward? That's going to change everything as well. What do you take away from this video? No, I love the part where he said where 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 he says five years people are, are overestimating what could happen and ten years underestimating. Jeez, where have we heard that before, Abs? Who has been saying on this show that we're at least five to ten years away? But nobody wants to hear it. But now even Brad said it. You know that yes, this technology and this industry. You know, we're, we're nowhere near what it's going to look like five to ten years from now. And that's when I think. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to get a speculative pump at some point. But and then it's going to go into that valley, and then that's where you're going to have that long wait period, just like Yusko said, right? That the valley from speculation to adoption is 14 years. So before you really see the the maximum potential of this industry, it's it's way down the road. It's so far down still. But you have to remember, you're investing in something that's going to drive the way the world works. So you got to be patient. You have to give this stuff time to you know to go through maturity and so all the numbers we're seeing today bitcoin at 35 and this and that who knows right but five to ten years from now these numbers are going to look very very different some are going to be so high your head is going to explode that you would have never saw it coming and some are going to just not even be here most of them will be gone and that's just the reality of what this is going to look like and Mark talked a lot about real use cases changing the market forever. Well, that's what we're witnessing right now. And we are going to play a couple of minutes of Brad Garlinghouse's latest interview with CNBC International. He's talking about uh, expansion, regulation, even the SEC being way out of line. But right now we're going to talk about Mark Yusko dropping truth bombs in regards to the XRPL and even acknowledging that one day he would be, he wouldn't be opposed to the idea that the XRPL could replace SWIFT. Of the digitization, like replacing SWIFT, with the XRP ledger, I can get behind that. I mean, I can get behind. So Johnny, you didn't get the opportunity to react to this yesterday. What's your initial reaction to Mark's statements here? Well, that's because I reacted to it on the air live. I think I was, I am in the quarter order on there, but uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, I think his, the, the point he was trying to say there, he wasn't saying XRP is going to replace it. He was saying though, he can see the technology and the way it works that it's a possibility that it could be a real world solve for the SWIFT system, which is ancient. And, and I, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, as we talk about, he talked about replacing the trust system with the truth system. And he can certainly see that happening. I think we all can see at some point, could that be a possibility? And he also mentioned, you know, the relationships and things that, 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 that ripple the company has that. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe it's not inconceivable, but it's going to take time we don't know when um, this is going to happen at all. I think at some point, you know, it's just a matter of adoption. Like like Brad said, 
you know, Brad said it. We need regulation and we need adoption. He's so right on. Now, what would be awesome, we know we have a halving coming. We know we have a Bitcoin ETF approval coming. Boy, how great would it be if we also had a regulation at that same time? <laughs> you want to talk about a catalyst to get people excited to see money flood into this space? Oh, baby. If all three of those things happen at the same, and I'm not, I don't think they will, because I don't think Congress can move that fast and make stuff happen. But I do think the, you know, obviously the having's coming. There's no stopping that. That's built into the code. The ETF approval is coming. I think we all know that. We just don't know when. The timing on that is something that is of interest of everybody. But boy, man, if we can get all those. By the way, you know, you, you showed the the quote from the uh, the SBI CEO, and he talked about you know. Ripple and XRP or Ripple Solution XRP. There it is. You know, being coming to stand. Now, I just want to. I just want to just call everybody's attention. This was said in 2017. It's not like he said this yesterday. So I just want to make sure people understand that. You know, but this kind of narrative right here that was said in 2017, in my opinion, I think you're going to start hearing narratives like that again. You know, we haven't in 2021. We didn't hear stuff like that about you know XRP. Because we know they were being sued, Abs. But now, with the monkey off their back, those kind of narratives, I think, are going to start coming back. And that is going to drive XRP. You know, like I said, I think somewhere between, I don't know, 3 to 5 maybe $10, I think will be realistic in this next bull run. For me, that's what I'm hoping and targeting for. Don't get me wrong. If we get more than that, I'll be happier than a pig in crap. But I, I think somewhere between that 3 to 10 is going to be the new price discovery area for XRP in this current bull run, especially if we start getting narratives like that. And we're seeing the global narrative change, right? We've seen it in the USA with Larry Fink, JP Morgan, Citibank, but we're also seeing it with institutions in Asia, Hong Kong, Dubai. This is another example of just how quickly things are changing for people in the crypto space. BlackRock's Ethereum ETF plan is confirmed by this latest NASDAQ filing. And this is what we saw yesterday. A BlackRock Ethereum ETF is confirmed. They just submitted a 19B-4 filing with the NASDAQ. A proposed rule change to list and trade shares of iShares, which is indirectly BlackRock's Ethereum trust under the NASDAQ rules. This is a massive development for two reasons. One, it shows that things are happening now. We're talking about a shift in sentiment now, not the future, not the past. We can look at the 2017 narrative and compare it to what will happen in 2024, but look at the institutional adoption that we all anticipated would come last cycle is actually arriving now. Johnny, give me some thoughts on that before I dive in. And that's really the big difference. And for me, that's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering if now that we're seeing the legitimization of this space to some degree by the big boys that I don't know what kind of dynamics that's going to throw into the monkey ridge of the conventional four-year bull cycle and bull runs we've been seeing. Some people say it isn't going to affect it at all. Some people say it could it could you know change it dramatically. Other people are saying um, you know we'll get a partial bull run. So uh, nobody knows. None of us know. Um, it's just something to be aware of and be cognizant that it, there's a different set of players in this sandbox this bull run. Then we got in the prior runs and that could make a difference. And the most important thing to remember guys is what Mark broke down on Wednesday. This market is going to reach in his estimate, at least $5 trillion in total value. Take your favorite project, whether that's Ethereum, XRP, or any other altcoin, 
There is a mathematical equation that you can apply to figure out what your all-time high price should be. And what we've been doing is showing that all week throughout the show. Every bull cycle in 2021, 2017, XRP reaches a minimum of 17% dominance in the market. What does that mean? That means if this market reaches $5 trillion, 17% of that at some point will be in XRP. And that's what leads to those short-term all-time high prices. So with that being said, Johnny, look at what happened yesterday. We're going to break down the exact news. But just as Ethereum is set to break out on the price chart, BlackRock's Ethereum ETF is confirmed in a NASDAQ filing. And this is blockchain backer just comparing. I think this is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The Wyckoff accumulation method. That's what it is. And he's he's just exposing the game here, guys. The Wyckoff shows we were due for a breakout. The news comes out about BlackRock and we break out from about $1,800 to $2,100 in a single day. So what do you take away from this news, Johnny? The Wyckoff accumulation timing up perfectly with the news. Ah, you know, it's amazing how these things just line up so perfectly. Abs, I think you always say it. Show me the chart. I'll show you the news. There it is. It's a perfect example of it. This, there's nothing by by coincidence um, here. I think it's one of those things where um, it's coming. You know it's coming. We know that first it'll be a BlackRock ETF, or I shouldn't say, but let me let me phrase. First, there'll be a Bitcoin ETF coming. Then it's not inconceivable that an Ethereum ETF would be coming. It makes logical sense. Third, probably an XRP, or what I've been saying all along is, I think at some point, and I don't know when, but I think at some point, we're going to start seeing, um, what's the right word? Uh, like utility segment, baskets. like you, Yes, segmented or utility type ETFs like you see today, but in crypto. So there's like, there's like a gas one, there's oil utility uh, or energy, sorry, there's energy ETFs, there's precious metal ETFs, right? I think you're going to see a segment that you may like see smart contract ETFs. You may see um, payment type solution ETFs. You may see gaming ETFs. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I think Grayscale started doing this back in 2020. Well, I don't know when they started doing it, but in 2021, when I got in and I started looking in 2020, when I started looking, Grayscale had these different types of funds. And they had these, but you know, they had individual, I think they had a Bitcoin one, that an ETH one. And then I, I want to say they had like a combo one that had a few, a mixed bag of them in there. And I think you're going to see more and more of those over time. And again, just going to also drive more uh, funds in, in, in cash. And in, in what's the word I'm looking for? Liquidity into, into both the ETF, which then ultimately will help drive up the underlying assets, I think. A lot of our listeners are actually outside the United States and they wonder, why do we focus on the American markets every day? The American markets do not control crypto. This is an example of how the American markets could control crypto and lead us into this next bull run. As yesterday, Brad Garlinghouse was breaking down, the U.S. government is still hostile towards crypto and the OCC is still hostile towards crypto. Until that changes, the banks in the United States are not going to engage with this technology meaningfully. And that's what we've witnessed thus far, Johnny. This explains why U.S. financial institutions have not rushed to using XRP after the victory against the SEC. The OCC is hostile. The SEC is hostile. The CFTC is very uncertain. And it may require a different administration in the White House to see any real potential adoption of XRP inside of the United States. So we are going to show a video in correspondence with this where Brad Garlinghouse is elaborating on this exact topic. But Johnny, you got to give me your thoughts here. We're talking about XRP adoption in the U.S., 
How far away are we from that moment? Do we need a different administration in order for XRP to be utilized? Oh, sorry, I'm on mute. Um, that's a tricky question. I don't know if. I mean, I no, let me say let me say this. I think a different administration that is more pro crypto is will, will help all the crypto industry. Okay, so I think XRP would benefit from that. I'm not so sure any administration particularly is holding back XRP. I think there are certain institutions and in, in banking system, uh, banking institutions that may be holding it back, but I don't think so. So in other words, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you believe what I believe, then a change at the top, isn't going to change it. You know, a change at the top of the, of the administration isn't going to change because the, you know, the people that really care about whether XRP comes to fruition or not, is more so the banking system. And I think they're the ones that they ain't going to be changing. I mean, you got to change there. That's different, but I don't think that's going to happen. Now I want to go back to the other question you answered. No, let's take on this really briefly because I got a response to what you said. Think about why this is different than before, right? The American markets are feeling pressure from the incumbents, the UAE, Asia, everyone's adopting this technology. If JP Morgan sits in the U S and says, we're sticking with Swift, that will only last so long. And that's what's really more important here, Johnny. So what do you think about that? For the first time ever, we're seeing countries like Dubai put pressure on the United States instead of the inverse. Well, the reason why the U.S. is going to matter, and, and you know whether anybody says it or not, is when you look at the makeup of the, the global market, okay, the U.S. makes up 42% of it. And that's why the U.S. matters. So for all the folks who are, I wonder why the U.S. matters, doesn't matter that the U.S. isn't leading crypto. The U.S. makes up 42% of the, of the, of the global, of the money. It's the, it all starts with the money, folks. And then from the money, it pours into everything else. And so the reality is, sorry, hate to, hate to, you know, burst your bubble, but yes, you Dubai and all those other countries, you know, maybe taking a leading pathway, but the money is still 42% of the, of the, the global market, 42%. One country makes up 42% of the other 240 countries. That's huge. And that's why the U.S. matters. So it doesn't matter that they're not leading the way. But when the money comes, you know, when you turn off the money spigot, a lot of things slow down. So that's why the U.S. will be significant in this. 42% of all global transactions are done in U.S. dollars. So my question to you is one last follow up here is as we see U.S. dollar dominance fall around the world. <laughs> Do you believe we'll see global economic dominance fall as well? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it's happening overnight. It's a 10-year period. It'll take 10 years as we see that that shift in that transition as we move to and by the way we put we put tones in the corner cuz he's late. That's why you see him the brick wall behind. He's in the corner over there cuz he got a penalty punishment there for being late. But um yeah, absolutely. This is early for tones. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Actually, he's right on time. What am I saying? Um, yeah. But anyway, All right. take it easy. Anyway, Abs, let me finish this statement by just saying that, yes, I, I do believe there will be a, a, a dominance falling. But even if it does happen, we're at 42 percent. It's going to take probably 10 years before the dollar gets delisted as the world reserve currency. Maybe in as long as 20. I don't know. It's 10 to 20 is what I'm guessing. Right. You will see that dominance fall. But OK, we're at 42. Maybe it falls to 20. It's still a significant number for a single country when you're talking about, 
you know, what, what what's one divided by 240? You know, you, you see how small that number is, right? And yet you got one country still having 20% of, of the say. That's still, so it's always going to have relevance as much as people hate, I guess people hate America and don't want to see that. The reality is if it wasn't for America and it wasn't for their money, we wouldn't, none of these other countries would be maybe benefiting as well, because remember, our money's flowing into these other countries. You know, it's a global economy, but let's not kid ourselves. China got big because the U.S. is spending money and buying products, and that's what blew their blew them up, right? So let's not forget where the money starts, where it came from. And that's exactly why the U.S. markets are so important, guys. We got 391 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to be breaking down this next video of Brad Garlinghouse in Dubai talking about the SEC and adoption outside of the United States has wrapped up its flagship Swell Conference here in Dubai. I spoke with Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse on stage at the event. I asked about Ripple's battle with the Securities and Exchange Commission over the status of its XRP token and what Ripple's recent court win means for the scope of SEC power over the crypto space. Listen in. Ripple has had three consecutive victories over the SEC on this. First, the judgment on July 13th saying very clearly XRP is not in and of itself a security. Uh, second, the denial by the court for their, their request for an interlocutory appeal. And third, the uh, dismissal with prejudice, the charge, the allegations against Chris Larson and myself. So, uh, you know, look, one of the things that people talk about is one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and thinking you'll get a different outcome. The SEC is doing the same thing over and over again, and they think, I guess, they're going to get a different outcome. At some point, and you and I talked also backstage about a, a grayscale, also had, a, a, I think, an important victory in the United States about the Bitcoin ETF where the, the judge, again, there's a federal judge talking about a federal agency in the SEC saying, quote, the SEC is being arbitrary and capricious. You know, generally, judges tend to be pretty, you know, down the middle and try to you know, not be uh, dramatic. Like, those are damning words. So I, I think it's... So Let's pause for a moment and address that, Johnny. Arbitrary and capricious, that's what she's calling a United States regulatory agency. This is new. This isn't something we've seen in the past, but I got to switch my mic setting. So floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think Brad is loving this victory dance that he's been going around the globe. He's been bashing Gary, but just beating him up everywhere he can, every time he can. That's risky. I wouldn't do that, especially if you want an IPO. He's going to need Gary's approval. So either he already has it and he knows it. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, like, I, you know, he just keeps poking and punching the bear. And I get it. He went through three years of you know bullshit, pain, and punishment of the of the in two hundred million dollars of the SEC price. So he's pissed off about it. And he's happy he won, and he wants to rub it in his face every minute he can. And boy, he does. And I love Brad. I mean, Brad is the smoothest. He's such a great, smooth talking CEO. But I just I don't know if I would keep it going. Like it's like over. You won. Now let's move on to and stop bashing on the SEC. But you know what? To some degree, I get it. He is right about the whole insanity thing that the SEC keeps doing it over and over and over again. And, you know, you, you know, you got guys here saying, oh, just rub it in. But the dangers of rubbing it in is when you're a public or when you're a company that needs SEC approval for other things you want to do and you keep going after the SEC. I don't know. That just doesn't sound too smart to me. I don't think I'd want to get these guys that I need for future approval for an IPO pissed off now. 
for all this shit. But you know what? I guess everybody thinks differently. Well, the title of today's episode is Ripple IPO in London. And for the first time ever, guys, we're seeing Ripple threaten the SEC indirectly. It's like Brad Garlinghouse saying he's just walking around, chin up, chest out, saying what he feels like yeah. saying. And what he's really saying here is that the United States should follow London when it comes to crypto regulation. And guess what? Over 20% of Ripple's employees are registered in London. Wouldn't be very hard to get an ICO done out there or an IPO, Johnny. And I think that's very possible. Give me some thoughts and we'll play the remainder of this. It isn't going to matter though. So if they do an IPO out there, just the way you see Bitcoin ETFs right now in Canada, but what has it really done for the price? Nothing. Unless you get the biggest market in the world, which we just told you, 42% of all the money in the world starts and is driven by the U.S. market. He could go play in other little piddly markets, but you're going to get little piddly pumps. You ain't going to see big numbers until it happens here. And that's why I'm saying I personally wouldn't continue to rub your one. You rubbed it in the face. You did a proper party in New York City. Biggest stage of the world. You got it all out. Now it's like, you know, let's just go figure out what how we're going to make Ripple bigger. How are we going to get Ripple adopted around the world globally, right? And that's why they're in Dubai and not here. You know, so let's talk about that. Why is Ripple swell in Dubai and not in America? That is a result of the U.S. not leading the crypto industry. And that's why those conferences are happening there and not here. Okay. That is one of the main that, you know, when you talked about earlier, why does U.S. matter? Well, from a money perspective, it matters because we got 42% of the money in the world initiates in the U.S. But from a technology perspective, what you saw here is the U.S. lost these opportunities. These meetings, these Ripple Swell events, and all these other crypto events should be in America, but they're not. You know where they all have? They're all happening in Dubai. Dubai is going to be the crypto capital of the world. No doubt about it. You already see it there. There's smart, there's a bunch of brains over there. All It's all happening in Dubai, unfortunately. And that's just a, a factor of the U.S. not there. Uh, I see Tony shaking his head. I probably should have. NFT tones, floor is yours. I also want to point out, we talked about pressure being put on the United States from Dubai. Look at Hong Kong. UBS Group wealthy clients can now trade some crypto ETFs in Hong Kong. This comes on the back of the HSBC news. So Tones, give me your thoughts and we'll continue. I mean, I feel like with the world constantly changing, I feel like Dubai is the crypto epicenter right now. I feel like as time goes on, as more countries get involved, I feel like this can change especially as we're so early. So I feel like right now Dubai is the center of the crypto world, but I feel like that can inevitably change. I mean, we're so early that as more countries and people get in, that that could swing very easily, I feel like. And I think that's what's going to happen here, Johnny. We got 429 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to ask the live chat, do you agree with Johnny Crypto this needs to be captured. The American market needs to be captured by Ripple in order for this IPO to be a huge success. Or do you think they can get it done in London? But we'll talk about that a little bit later on, right after this video. Here we go. At some point, the SEC has to step back and realize that their approach of regulation through enforcement, let's just bring lawsuits, that, that has to break. So walk me through the next steps in this case. Today was the deadline for the briefing schedule for remedies. The SEC wants something like $770 million in disgorgement. Yeah. What happens next? Well, I, I, I uh, in a 
session that I did in Washington yesterday, I made the joke around, I'd like to see the Vegas odds on, you know, what, what could be the, what's called the remedies from the, the case. Look, it, it, I think we, the SEC, in my opinion, has lost sight of their mission to protect investors. And the, the question is, who are they protecting in this journey? And it, it turns out that the court will make it, the judge will make a decision about remedies. We actually welcome that. Uh, I think that in this case, you look at what, what investors were harmed, and you also have to look at the securities laws and understand, are there exemptions for institutional and you know, accredited investors and things like that? But look, I, I think it is a positive step for the industry, not just for Ripple, not just for Chris and Brad, but for the whole industry that the SEC has been put in check in the United States. And I'm hopeful this will be kind of uh, a, a thawing of the, the permafrost in the United States for you know, really seeing an amazing industry that has immense potential thrive in the largest economy in the world. Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it to you and then I'll dive in. Man, he said a lot there, a lot to unpack. But the most important part is exactly right. The SEC is going about this wrong. They are using and trying to enforce rules that are 80 years old that don't even apply to this industry because they've been given the order to do so or whatever, right? And and so when are we going to get the regulation? That's what Brad is really talking about here. That's going to matter to let this industry flourish. And when we get that regulation, Abs, you may then, Tones may be right, you may see a shift of it start to come back to the U.S. The problem is they're going to be behind. We're going to be behind the the. We're gonna be behind. We're gonna be behind from from that perspective, but again, the U.S. is just too big of a market and has a lot of still smart developers here in this country and companies here that will either come. Let back. me ask you something more important because you're going somewhere where we all agree, right? We all agree that the American market needs to be captured. There's brilliant minds and tons of money here. What do you think about him saying this? The SEC has been put in check. They lost against Ripple, and that's what he's identifying here. They lost against Grayscale. The SEC has acknowledged that. I assume if you defer to people like John Deaton, they are going to lose against Coinbase as well. Do you agree with Brad Garlinghouse? The SEC is being put in check, and that's beneficial for the crypto industry. Well, no, I don't agree for this reason. When he says they've been put in check, the problem is when you have an industry, or sorry, an agency that has practically unlimited funds, and what I mean by that is they could always go back to Congress and ask for more money and more money, which they seem to always get. Um, are they really in check? If they're still going after other companies in this space, then no. If they keep coming after these companies, which they said they're going to do, then these companies have to go find money to defend themselves. And so it, it, it challenges the industry. It hurts these small companies that don't necessarily have money like Ripple had. Ripple could have fought the battle. They had plenty of money. So the only thing that's going to put the SEC in check is Congress, when they give them the rules and say, here, here's the rule book. Here's what it is. Then they're like, oh, okay, now we have to follow that. Until then, you already heard Jay Clayton. You played him plenty of times on the show where he was repeating what, what Gary said or what the SEC said was, we're not, if we're not losing enough, then we're not doing. Do you remember that? Do you remember that statement? Unfortunately, yes. He came out and the SEC said, if we ain't losing enough, we aren't doing enough. We aren't going after enough of these companies. If we, if we ain't losing money. Right. So the point, my point is, if that is still the message that Geary and the SEC are saying, does that feel like they've been put in check? 
Fair play to you. But what do you think about the courts putting them in check through the losses in these cases? Well, okay, so that goes back to my original point. Every case they go, and they do, let's say they lose all of them. Let's say they do 10 cases, they lose all 10 for the next year. They still set the industry and the companies, those companies back by the time that if it took a year for each case, you know, they set those companies back. So does that feel like they were put in check? Even if they lose, they still harmed those companies and those investors in those companies, right? That doesn't feel like in check to me. I don't know. To me, what would be in check is if the SEC says, hey, you know what? We lost enough of these. We aren't suing no more. That to me is being put in check. Are you getting that sense that the SEC isn't coming after anybody else anymore right now? Here's what I would say is that I do feel like the the optimism in the crypto market overall, it stems from the lobbyists, guys. This is what's most important. Johnny Crypto is talking about the individual, um, I guess, hindering of projects by the SEC. What I'm trying to focus on is the broader spectrum of what we're seeing in the crypto market today. And it's very clear. The largest players on the planet, specifically in America, are ready to leverage crypto technology. And Brad Garlinghouse is hinting at the fact that regardless of what Gary Gensler's incentives were over the last two to three years, that is in the process of changing right now. And what we've highlighted throughout this episode, Johnny, is that countries like Dubai and Hong Kong, which is China, are putting pressure on American markets because they're adopting this better technology. And if JP Morgan decides to stay with SWIFT, they're going to be left behind. We've said it a thousand times before. The train has left the state. You can defer to Rosie Rios. And we got 439 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, give me a final response. I'll play this video. Yeah, I mean, part part of that is correct, what you said, in my opinion, about the part of other countries are putting pressure on America. And, and there, I think, is some degree of that because as other countries are moving forward with this space, you definitely have a faction of Congress. Thank you, Chupat. Love you too, brother. We definitely have a faction of Congress, Abs, that probably feels the pressure from their constituents. Like, hey, why is America you know, taking a back seat to an industry that's going to be maybe driving the future? And I'm sure they're hearing it. And, 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 and as Mark said, there's also a certain group of lobbyists on both sides that are literally saying, um, um, you know, hey, you know, we want to push this industry forward. And the other side wants to push it, you know, and stop it from moving forward. There's money and stuff that's that's there to do that. But I do agree that there is definitely a section or a segment of Congress that feels the pressure that has to answer to their constituents. You know, you got to look them in the face and say, why? You know, give that constituent the answer when they say to you, why is Dubai the capital of crypto and not America? That's not something a congressman wants to look a constituent in the eye and answer because there's no good answer for that question. So for that reason, I do agree with you that the other countries moving forward in this space and taking the lead is putting pressure on certain portions in America. Tones, give me your thoughts. All right. Well, I want to go back to what Johnny was saying about keeping the SEC in check. And I think that the SEC is definitely kept in check a little bit because they can't go around now and free willy just sue anybody. If they keep losing lawsuits, it's going to really look bad for them. So, I mean, they really have to pay attention to who they're going after. They can't just wag a finger anymore and be like, oh, we're going after them. They have to they're kind of kept in check now because if they keep losing lawsuits, it's not going to look good for them. I agree with you, Tones. And let's listen to what Brad Garlinghouse has to say on the matter. Here's a brief reminder. London is the second largest office of Ripple. Watch Brad Garlinghouse flex his guns here. Another country that wouldn't, 
I've met with central banks. I've met with, uh, I mean, you name the regulator and it's kind of like, yeah, no problem. A, a open meeting, open dialogue. We talk about what Ripple's doing. We talk about our view on the crypto industry. No problem. Here in the US, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, the laws are clear, mm. but yet we can't answer is ETH a security. Yeah. <laughs> the laws are clear. <laughs> Floor is yours, Johnny. Oh, I thought you were going to keep playing. I don't want to chime more. I mean, he, you know, it just goes to show you. He's going around the world. He's talking to all the other central banks and regulators, like the SEC equivalent regulators, and there's no problem. And then you come to the U.S. and there's a big problem. It just shows you that, you know, you asked the question earlier about the administrator. Who's ever controlling the SEC here, whether it's the administrator or the big banks, whatever, whoever's controlling it, they obviously, obviously, have an issue with this industry moving too quick in the U.S. before they're ready to play. I think that's just what's happening. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. And so because of that, I think that we've been, there's been, you know, pressing of the break in America the, the, with the SEC agency. And I think soon that the break is going to be unpressed, if you will, as you said earlier. I think we are, you know, Mark Yusko said it too. And we're in the then they fight you stage, and there's probably a few more years. Um, somebody even said in the chat, gear will be gone soon. Well, that doesn't matter because whoever is controlling the SEC strings, when they put the next puppet in there, they'll just do whatever they're told. So it's just going to be when 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 the message comes down from the top that says, hey, yes, it's okay now to start playing in the U.S., you're going to see a complete shift, and I think Brad and everybody else will be happy. But apparently we're, we're not there yet because that's not we haven't we haven't seen that in the U.S. Instead – we're still seeing the SEC suing Coinbase and suing other companies, and that that hasn't stopped yet. And until we get that, uh, we will know when the when the sentiment has changed at the top when we see the lawsuits stopping. Here we go, guys. You know, it's like oh, the laws are clear, but yet we can't answer is ETH a security? Yeah, that's something that the chairman has still not actually uh, I, I expressed an opinion today, on. But ask him again today. Maybe I'll find him behind the curtain somewhere. <laughs> I'll let you know. Um, ask him today. He's there. Rest of the rest of the world topic, as you were just discussing it there. Where do you think the best example is being set? What should the U.S. be trying to replicate? Or does the U.S. just need to be doing something different, but taking that regulatory, regulatory approach differently? I like I, I partly because they're you know a close economic and political partner to the U.S. I, the United Kingdom, the U.K. I think has been very constructive on crypto, and that uh, you know I get it, when I say that it, they're not you know again Chair Gensler likes to talk about crypto as the Wild West. It is absolutely not the Wild West. Uh, you know, Ripple is a regulated company in many jurisdictions around the world. Uh, again, the Sing in Singapore, we have our uh, license from MAS as a major payments provider. Uh, in the UK, we have, well, in, U in Dubai, we applied for the virtual asset regulatory, I can't, BARA, I can't remember what the A stands for. But, you know, it's not the Wild West. And I think it's, it's a narrative to promote, I guess, a political agenda as opposed to sound policy. And that's what we've continued to hear, a political agenda over a sound policy. Johnny, I'm getting low Wi-Fi, so I got to kick it to you, and I'll get my take right after. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, don't, don't get me wrong. London is is a very, very big player in <coughs> capital space, in the crypto space. A lot of things stem from London, too. So, um, you know, he, he was right to, you know, didn't work here. Okay, we'll go. We'll start with London. And, and London will have an impact and play. I'm not saying it won't. 
all I'm saying is to get the maximum valuation or value of everything, um, you need the U.S. in it as well. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, somebody asked a, a question here in terms of uh, the U.K. Where is it here? Uh, when, guys, when will Merlin be coming to the U.K.? We are working on expanding Merlin globally. That is our intent to get it out there so all you guys can use it. Right now we are only in the U.S. and Canada, but uh, we're looking at Australia. We're looking at U.K. It's just we have to do our – the diligence plus we only have the app only working in us dollars right now so um, um i don't think people but anyway if you haven't had a chance to try out merlin we have a three for a free 30-day trial click on the link below and you can try out merlin um you know now is the time guys the bull run is coming and i uh, see abs is back but the bull run is coming make sure you have an exit strategy guys if you get into something and don't know how to get out oh boy you're setting yourself up to watch it go up and watch it go down because I can tell you emotionally, Abs, and you know this, emotionally, when we're in the heart of the bull and things are going up, Abs, does it ever feel like it's not going to keep going up? Well, I want to remind our listeners, we're going to talk about exit strategies at the end of the show. Look at this. This is from 2015. Bitcoin was $120. Ripple wow. was a fraction of a penny. These are the opportunities we're seeing. Ethereum didn't even break the top three. We're going to see opportunities like this. And if I'm going to go out on a limb here, I think we talk about many of them on our show every day. We got Quant, HBAR, XRP. There's a lot of opportunities in this market. And that's why when I take a broader look, it's XRP. I mean, sorry, it's ETFs, it's tokenization, and it's NFTs entering this market. We're going to talk about how Roblox is possibly adding NFTs in this episode. We brought an update earlier this month where Roblox said they were going to be using XRP within their platform. They then went on to dispel those rumors. So it turns out that was not absolute truth, guys. But what is absolute truth is their CEO is now going around saying they're possibly adding NFTs. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. But right now, we're going to talk about how Jerome Powell had to be escorted off stage yesterday as climate change activists stormed his event. This is pretty funny. And listen to his response because he just now Just close the fucking door. Close the door. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just close the fucking door. So it's interesting, right? I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, Johnny, but I'll get mine after. You know, I don't even want to. I'm not even going to go. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is uh, one of those things where I guess the one good thing about, you know, free speech, right? People have a right to say what they want. And, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> I guess he didn't have any comments for it. It's probably not at the right place. But nonetheless, I, I don't I don't really I, I, I'm not going to comment. That's not, it's not that point. Let's focus on crypto. Absolutely, guys. And honestly, if you listen to people in the past, the world is supposed to be melted right now. So that's all I'll say on the matter. But we got 400. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the world's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I mean. Abs. Like, I don't want to get myself in trouble here. But the reality is, when you look at the historics of the Earth, the temperature of the Earth over 10,000 period goes up and down all the time. And the reality is, you can play any narrative you want. And then I'll leave it with that. But I'm just not going to get into it. Johnny, that. I'm sure you remember this. In the 1970s, we were worried about global cooling. I wasn't around yeah. to experience. And you have, you have current networks like Swift, which will continue for a while. But you also have emerging networks like Ripple, 
I don't think there is something to lose by hedging in the Ripple Network. Here we go. I'm a market person and I always advise my clients to hedge, right? So, you know, I, I would say that, you know, you have the current uh, SWIFT network, right? And, 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 you know, I think probably that will continue for a while. But, you know, you have the emerging networks like Ripples and other network, right? So I don't think you have anything to lose uh, by hedging and, you know, uh, joining the alternate uh, network. These technologies are inevitable, Johnny, and I think that's what he's hinting at here. We're going to continue to reiterate this throughout the episode because there was another update we got out of MasterCard and Visa partnering with Finastra, a third-party network built and owned by Ripple. This is pretty exciting, guys, because we know once these payment providers make the switch, we're going to see a, a fundamental shift in the crypto market from that point forward. Here we go. Now we have a plethora of players coming into this space, right? So Visa, MasterCard, they're connected to tens of thousands of banks worldwide. And they believe they can do seamless transmission of money cross-border at a marginal cost of zero. Mm -hmm. And so they're coming in and saying, hey, we'd like to provide cross-border capabilities and payments to, to banks and corporates. Um, we've got others like Tunes. You know, there's a whole series of these players, some blockchain enabled as well coming up now. Our view is this, you know, whoever is more successful and can do it more seamlessly for the banks, we should bring them onto our platform. And so with cross-border payments, what we do is we're onboarding these new capabilities onto our platform and making them available to our banks as part of our software package so they can pick and choose who they do business with and it will meet their different needs. So cheaper, faster, better Johnny Crypto. That's what he's mm -hmm. highlighting right here. Why are they going to migrate to Ripple products? Not because of ETHgate, guys. It's because they can make the most money by using Ripple to transfer the money. They transfer that value and they charge a very high margin. Right now, they're charging as high as 15% and it ends up being 30% if you're transferring to certain corridors. That means if I was going to send my family $1,000, $700 is what they would receive and the bank would keep $300 of that payment. But Johnny, you give me your thoughts. Visa and MasterCard literally in talks with Finastro, which is a Ripple partner about enhancing their cross-border payment capabilities, but also discussing how migration to better technologies is inevitable. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it that, that cheaper, better, or faster, I've been saying it all the time, right, is, is where we're headed. Those solutions are there, which is mind-boggling to me as to why companies wouldn't want to enable this technology because, you know, they already, that is so cool, by the way, that Dubai setup, um, they are already charging companies 30% fees. Think about this, Abs. I want you to think about this for a second. And you too, Tone. They're charging 30% to transfer that money, okay? Now, some portion of that money is a cost. So of that 30%, let's say, I don't know, 5% of it is cost, okay? We know today, based on today's fiat system, maybe it's even as high as 10%, which means they're only profiting 20%. But when you install a blockchain technology where the cost is virtually zero, you theoretically could still charge the 30% because you're already, people are used to paying that already. And now, if your costs go from 10% to 1%, you just added 9% more profit to your bottom line. Right? You went from a 20% profit to 30 to 29% by installing a new technology. And that's why these technologies will come and they will replace what's going on because of that mere fact that there is so much more profit that can be made. Or if customer or if companies want, they can reduce their price. You reduce the price, you increase your volume, you make more money that way too. 
Because if my cost to do something is 5% or 10%, and now it's only one, I could pass some of that savings on to my customer by lowering the price of the service. And so there's, that's another way to play the game. So there's, it's going to open up so many possibilities, and we'll just have to see how that whole thing plays out in the long run. But there is tons, a shit ton of opportunity here. But again, all this stuff is going to take time. This is not happening overnight. This is five to 10 years away. Some of it will start next year, the year out. You know, even, even now there'll be trials running right now as we speak. But before we see all of this fully in action, fully adopted, prices at maximum opportunity, you're talking, you know, we're still many, 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 many years away. Well, this is an update we got yesterday, guys. As Ripple's new payments, Ripple has rebranded their ODL payment system into Ripple Payments. And this technology is already available in the, US, in the USA, at least according to the head of payment products at Ripple. He said, Ripple is doubling down on crypto technology. Funds settle in real time, a product that provides all the benefits of a blockchain solution, but none of the issues. This is available in the USA today. And in 2024, we will expand into the EU, UK, Singapore, and the UAE. Johnny, we didn't get your opportunity to respond. So give me your thoughts. These products are becoming more readily available. That's the number one key to mass adoption. This is what you want. This is how the uh, the world changes. People, companies, countries start working on this stuff very early on before anybody knows about it. Dude, the computer was worked on in the 1950s. We didn't get a Commodore VIC-80 until 1984, 85. It was 30 years later. All right. Cryptocurrencies have been worked on since 1988, and we're just going to get to the start of adoption of it now. But this is how it works. So it's great. I mean, you're seeing all, you know, we're just, again, the difference here, because all of us are paying attention, we're all here, you're getting to see how the sausage is made. And this is how the sausage is made. Companies coming in, companies going out, adoption here, adoption there. These are all what we call bets. You place these little bets. Each one of these companies is placing a bet. They're planting seeds in different countries and different companies to try and get their technology adopted. And, and that's 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 how that's just how the normal process works. Now, the question is who's gonna win? Not gonna know for five to ten years from now. But along the way, because we're tracking this stuff every day, we're gonna see kind of this ride how it's going which companies are stepping up which ones are falling in the background who's getting major wins with certain central banks or central you know, or countries we're gonna we're gonna follow that whole journey and we've been following it for a year and a half and it's gonna be ups and downs and it ain't always gonna be you know great great it's not always gonna be good news but it's not always gonna be bad news it's, it's just gonna be a journey of news so what I think is interesting about this is the fact that they said they're going to expand to the EU, United Kingdom, Singapore, and UAE. Because what I notice is for as somebody who works Merlin customer support, I mean, I yeah, we see people from EU, UK, Singapore, and UAE all the time. So they're going after some of the biggest crypto markets. And so I feel like this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out in the future. It's a great point, Tones. And as we always talk about cheaper, faster, better, they're going to migrate to the best technologies. And that right there is one of the best technologies in the market. I'm going to read this quote one more time, Johnny. Not only does it have a clear use case, XRP is faster, cheaper, and more scalable than any other digital asset. I strongly believe it will become the global standard in digital currencies. And this is from the CEO of SBI back in 2017. We're going to see a migration into better technologies. And Mark Yusko broke this down. 
Look at what the crypto market's doing already. $37,000 Bitcoin, $2,000 Ethereum. We are in a bear market. And what did Waters Above, or sorry, Blockchain Backer show us yesterday? The correlation between the Ethereum chart and the Wyckoff accumulation, it's shockingly close. And this is what we're witnessing right now. The resistance lines, the final resistance lines are being broken. And we are heading into what he called phase E, which is the beginning of a technical breakout, the beginning of the bull run, Johnny Crypto. And that's what I think is most important right now. We talked a lot about exit strategies and how we can capitalize on this wealth. The bear market's behind us, guys. It's okay to feel a little bit of FOMO. When we head into these bullish times, I'm telling you, the anxiety is higher when prices are pumping than when they're dropping yes, because yes. you're unsure of when to sell. You're excited, but you don't really know. You're seeing your portfolio go from, you know, let's use fake numbers, 10000 to twenty to forty to $60,000. And then you turn on the news and they're telling you this is only the beginning. So this is what you should be looking at. Look at the technical analysis. Look at the adoption articles. We are heading into a technical breakout here. Wouldn't be surprised if we reach $10,000 Ethereum in the next two years. At that point, I'll definitely be taking profits. But Johnny, what do you think about the correlation between headlines and technical breakouts, just like BlackRock had yesterday? <clears throat> yeah, you're going to continue to see them. You're going to continue to see them more and more. And you're right. I've been saying it all along. There's nothing more stressful to me than the bull market. I don't like it. <laughs> I like the bear market. I can buy anytime I want at my leisure. I can decide. I don't have to worry about making decisions. But man, when the bull market comes, I've lived through one of them already. And most of you probably have in the chat. If you haven't and you don't have an exit plan, you're going to get wrecked. You're going to get stressed. You're going to lose your money because I did it. I, I I know my first one, I was a rookie. I got in it abs and I, I, man, you get the excitement, but you don't know when the up is up. And in some coins, you're, you know, it's going up. You're like, I should sell right now. And you don't, and, and it doesn't go up. And you're like, damn, I should have listened to myself. And other ones, you sell and it keeps going up. You're like, God damn it, I should have listened to myself. You're going to question yourself like crazy. It's an extremely stressful time. I don't like I don't like it because none of us know where the top is. But that's why to reduce that stress, to reduce that anxiety, not a cheap plug here. That's why we created exit. You got to have a ladder plan. If you ladder out, meaning you know, you do some Fibonacci work, go do some Fibonacci studies or come into the Academy. We'll help you with that too. You can do one-on-ones with anyone in our group, right? And you start to pick points on the way up and you don't care if you don't hit them all, but at least you hit a few, you feel a lot better in the long run. And to me, abs, that's how I've settled my anxiety. I don't know what you're doing to settle yours, but that's how I've, I've controlled my that's how I I'm like not. The gym. You know, the gym usually helps. There you go. Yeah. Start beating <laughs> the hell out of something when you miss a cell. Yeah. Go to do some Muay Thai, some boxing classes. There guys. you go. You know, the anxiety. But we got 400 fresh people. <laughs> we got 442 live <laughs> listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, yesterday we got this announcement out of Gary Gensler. His SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, says FTX crypto exchange could be rebooted under new leadership. What is the incentive to reboot this exchange? That's what I'd like to ask you, Johnny Crypto. Floor is yours. I have no fucking. <laughs> no I think it has to do with the $40 million, all the payouts that were happening behind of the scenes. Course, of course. Of Kevin course. Kevin O'Leary. Of course. There's connections. I mean, the reality is the FTX isn't going to go away, obviously. They're not going to let it die. When they want something dead, they kill it right away. Look at those three poor banks that got crushed last year. What were the name of those banks? Silicon. Uh, what the hell was the name of that bank? Uh, I forgot the, the three banks that were supporting the crypto on and off ramps got crushed six months ago. Remember that? They're gone. 
They're completely gone, Abs. They're off the face of the earth. They got shut down, and they got bought out by J.P. Morgan and a couple other banks, okay? And then this thing, which was the biggest corruption of all time, one of the all times in crypto anyway, FTX, is still alive to be around? I mean, it, come on. I, I mean, in all seriousness, going on here, folks. I smell, I smell the bad. It smells bad, bad fish. Bad in fish. in all seriousness, though, if you think about it, with the FTX name attached to it, you think there's going to be a lot of investors? I know. I, if somebody gave me ten million dollars, I am not touching. Can I FTX. answer that question? Can I answer that question? Yes, there will be a lot of people because you're not understanding one thing. There's only four or three percent of people that were in the crypto space when that happened now that's in the past but you think that fear and fud still won't be there no if you, no if it you won't be there because the what, new what's... people that are coming in the space are going to get told on cnn and fox that oh fdx is great no they're not going to know they're not going to know the history and they're coming in new why would they care that's my thought so i, think I mean be... i mean with the history and past, I feel like there's going to be people that do the research. There's going to be a small portion. Yes. But the bulk of the people coming in, nobody's got time. Nobody does. No, I know. Nobody reads. No, it's not <laughs> going to happen. They're just going to follow. They're going to say, oh, this is a great quick, quick, get rich, quick scheme. And they go, oh, FTX is the one. Yeah. Boom. They're going to go into FTX. That's my guess. You heard it here first, guys. Nobody reads on Good Morning Crypto, but we want to break down. I didn't say. No, no, no. I didn't say nobody on Good Morning Crypto. We We are very, very smart people. I'm saying the future people coming in, the get quick, get rich, quick schemers, they're not going to read. They're just going to go. They're going to go with what they're told to do. Yeah, I mean, this to close out the show tones, I'm going to let you get get a response in. But we asked the live chat today, what's the highest 2024 price target for XRP? 31% 31% believe we are going above $23. We had 28% agree that we're going to go between $8.80, $8.80 and $22. And then the smallest people believe we're staying below four bucks. I mean, I would think we're staying below all time high just based on the previous history of this market. But I don't know when XRP moves, it, it's a rocket ship. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we break it out 90, quickly find ourselves at that 270 mark. And who knows what can happen from there. But Johnny, 30 seconds. What do you think from our live chat poll? Wow, I'm surprised that. Well, well, interesting that, that thank you, that they're almost about 20, a quarter, 25% each in each bucket for the most part, or close to that. Um, I'm surprised to hear you say you don't think it'll go over $3.84. That, I'm surprised. I'm, a, well, I'm here's more. The thing. I'm, I'm like, uh, I have PTSD, guys. I've been yeah. here like four, like four. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're just scared. You're just scared to jinx yourself. Just say the truth. All right, I'm going to say it. I voted for the middle one. I think between 385 and 888 is realistic. I really honestly do. I, I think that is possible um, with all, with everything that's going to, you know, all the flooding of liquidity that's going to come in this market. I only got 10 seconds. But with the liquidity flooding in and the BTC ETF news and all that, no monkey on their back. I think we can challenge all-time highs and maybe bust through it this time around. Tones, you tell me, what are your thoughts for 2024? 10 seconds here. Uh, I'd say I have to agree with Jay, Johnny Crypto over here because uh, 3 to $8 sounds about approximately right. I mean, anything. And I got to cut you off, my friend, because we're running out of time. But we got 414 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I hope you all have an amazing weekend. Thank you to Johnny and thank you to Tones. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise.